Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Listen, if you've got your Bibles today or your Bible app, if you can see it, uh, turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in two different places to begin with this morning. Um, Acts 2 and John 7. Acts chapter 2 and John chapter 7. doing that. That was a good plan until I started trying to do it. All right, Acts 2 verses 1 through 4. It says this, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were together in one place. It sure is nice to be together in one place today. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames of fire or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, this is from the the, uh, NIV, the New International Version. The words of Jesus, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Father, would you anoint your word today, the reading, the preaching, the hearing, and most of all, the doing of your word, because we need you desperately in our lives in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you are a fan of classic pop music, like 70s and 80s, or if you're just old enough to remember that far back, then you remember a group called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Anybody else remember? Yeah, there you go. They were a high-energy, soul, funk, and R&B group, and they brought us such classics as September and Sing a Song and Shining Star, and they would have loved an outdoor venue like this today. Uh, Now, if you're a student of ancient religions and philosophies, then you'll also recognize that their name, earth, wind, and fire, along with water, make up the classic elements. It was believed in ancient times that everything was made up of those four things, earth, wind, fire, and water. Almost every ancient culture had some form of belief system of basic elements. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday, and it's celebrated around the Christian world as the day the Holy Spirit was poured out on the early church. The day that Jesus fulfilled his promise uh, to send another one just like himself, one who would not just be with them, but what? Would be in them. 
The, the, the day that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of John the Baptist that he would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. The day they received what Jesus had promised just 10 days before. Power to become witnesses for Jesus. Power to, to tell about him all around the world. And it's a promise that stands for every believer today. The spokesperson for the apostles that day was Peter. And Peter said in verses 38 and 39 of Acts chapter 2 that the promise of Holy Spirit baptism was not just for them, but for everyone who would believe on Jesus because of the testimonies of the apostles. And that means you and me and every person who has ever called on the name of Jesus as their Lord and their master. The power of the Holy Spirit still enables believers to be witnesses, still enables believers to carry the word of God, still enables witnesses to develop the character of Jesus, to produce the fruit of Jesus, to do the works of Jesus, to manifest the grace and truth of Jesus. Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, and we say, thank you, Jesus, for that. He's no longer walking the earth with those who follow him. So that means we need the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives as much as any people, anywhere, at any time. When you look at the shape this world is in, when you look at the shape this country is in, what believer can tell you with a straight face and an honest heart that we don't desperately need the power of Pentecost in this world today? We need godly wisdom. We need spiritual courage. We need eternal truth that transcends opinions and perspectives. We need an unconditional love that isn't marred by race and politics. We need to be a shining light on a hill that can't be hidden no matter how dark the darkness is. We need all of that and more. So what we need is a new and personal and powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our churches, and in our world. Amen? And so I was, as I was thinking about um, Pentecost Sunday a few weeks ago, and I knew it was coming up, and then I realized that we had scheduled this outdoor service on the day of Pentecost, it occurred to me that earth, wind, fire, and water were all present at Pentecost as well. And so today I want to talk about the elements of Pentecost, the elements of Pentecost. So first of all, let's talk about earth, earth. Verse two of Acts two that we just read says that there were, there was a sound from heaven, a sound. Now the fact that it specifies it was a sound from heaven highlights and emphasizes the fact that these 120 believers were firmly planted on the earth. The Holy Spirit is clearly from a, a, a divine and heavenly source, right? But he has a decidedly earthly purpose. You see, for 33 years on this planet, Jesus came to do one thing, and that was to be the sacrifice for our sins. And when he accomplished that, when that task was over, he went right back to heaven where he'd come from. But as part of the Trinity, 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been here on this earth from the beginning. He is eternal. He is all-powerful, just like we attribute to God the Father and God the Son. So at creation, the will of God decided it. The Word of God declared it. Jesus is the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit of God carried it out. And I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1, and we'll look at this together. Genesis chapter 1, the first, the first two verses. Listen to this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. It was formless and empty, and darkness was upon the deep waters. But listen to this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The Spirit of God. And the second verse of Genesis was right there. At creation, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters to begin to form this world into the state that it's in now geographically and geologically. But at Pentecost, he hovered over the earth again. But this time, he was not confined to just be on the earth. He was sent to be in the earth. You say, but John, I, I thought Jesus sent the Spirit to be in us. Well, that's a great question. He did. And I'm glad you asked that question. I want you to look at two other passages of Scripture, Genesis chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 6. Genesis 2 and verse 7, listen to what it says. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the earth. The Lord formed man from the dust of the earth. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Now, look, listen to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. I think you'll recognize this. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, some versions of the Lord's prayer will, will say in earth as it is in heaven and not just on so which one's right? Is it in or on? And the answer is yes. Yes, it's both in and on. His kingdom can only come and his will can only be done on earth to the extent that he's given free reign in the earth. And that's us. We are made from the earth. We were made from the dust of the ground. We were shaped from the earth. The same earth that the Holy Spirit hovered over in creation. So the question is, how will his kingdom come? And how will his will be done on this earth? It'll be done when we allow the Spirit of God, not just to hover over us, but to dwell within us, just like he came to do on the day of Pentecost cost. So please don't celebrate this day as the day the Holy Spirit came to the planet earth. Celebrate the day by welcoming him into this earthly body of ours, this earthly body of yours. Declare over yourself his kingdom come and his will be done in this earth right here as it is in heaven. Will you say this with me? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And that's not into the parking lot. It's into the people. It's into the people. So the next element of Pentecost is wind. We have earth 
And now we have wind. In Acts chapter 2, there was suddenly a sound from heaven that filled the room where they were. And it was, a, it was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Some translations even say a violent wind. Listen, this was no gentle breeze. This was a, a life-changing spiritual tornado. That, that was the answer to a 10-day-long prayer that they've been offering to the Lord. Now, in the Bible, wind often uh, represents the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, and it literally means wind or breath or spirit. Now, the reason we care what the Hebrew word is is because the entire Old Testament was written in that language. And if we're going to understand what the Lord is trying to communicate, then we have to understand what the words are. So the fact that the Holy Spirit announced himself with wind was probably not a shock to the 120 Jewish people who were present on that day, nor should their transformed lives have surprised anybody. If they expected power, if they expected life, if they expected to become a mighty army of God moving on the earth, then they should have fully expected that the wind of God was going to blow. And I want to show it to you in Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Now, this is, uh, this is 10 verses, but I want you to hear every one of them. Ezekiel the prophet said this, The Lord took a hold of me. God, would you take hold of me today? Can you say that with me? God, take hold of me. He said, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. So this was a valley of dry bones. Then he asked me, the spirit of God asked Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live again? Can these bones become living people again? And he had the wisdom to say, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. And so Ezekiel said he spoke that message just as he was told. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all around the valley. They, they attacked the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin began to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. And so I spoke the message he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood on their feet, a great and mighty army. Listen, the world can tear you apart, can't it? This world we live in, 
is difficult. And if they excel at anything, it's at tearing people apart. Yeah, I mean, it can tear you limb from limb and dry you out. Make you feel like you can't lift a finger or take another step. Many people have been torn apart by the racially motivated attacks in recent days in South Georgia, in Minnesota, and in other places. Members of the black community are more than bone dry, exhausted over things like this. Many people are drained by the unrest and the rioting, the concern for life and limb and property, concerned for the safety of our first responders. And it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. As if the pandemic weren't enough, now we have, we're concerned about the direction that our nation is heading. It's just too much, and it leaves us dry and separated. Recently, I've been dried out by the emotional ups and downs. My dad passed away this week on Memorial Day, so we've had the acute grief of uh, losing him. But he's been deteriorating for a while, and I've shared that with you for the last several months. So there's a certain amount of grief that comes from watching my big, strong, healthy daddy become this withered up little old man. And so the grief is just prolonged that way. There's been the intense stress of making decisions and leading and caring for people through this pandemic. On the other hand, there's been the elation and joy of having three grandbabies on the way. And on the finalization of our adoption, there's three brand new Butler kids here today for the first time in public. This is the first time I've been in public as the father of five. So that was exciting this, this past week, just over a week ago. So it's been, yay, we're having grandbabies. But then there's been, oh, there's a lot of risk and a lot of concern involved. So it's been, yay, we're adopting. And then it's been, oh man, what if something happens at the last minute? What if somebody pops up? What if, you know, there's, all, there's, there's always something to be concerned about, it seems. And there's the, oh man, there's this pandemic and we can't get together. And then there's the, yay, people are staying faithful and, and are, are learning to do church a different way. You understand what I'm saying? It's just this roller coaster that we've been on. It's not always just the gut punches and the bad things that can dry you out. It's the quick shifting between the highs and the lows that'll wear out your emotional and mental and spiritual transmission and just leave you dry and empty. For others, it might be an addiction that they can't seem to shake or a sin, or a habit that they can't quite conquer. It might be a financial burden that just never seems to get lighter, or a relationship that seems to keep you in constant turmoil. There's a thousand ways that we can find ourselves laid out in the valley of dry bones, completely powerless to help ourselves. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples were exhausted by the gut-wrenching crucifixion experience that they had witnessed the mind-blowing resurrection that they had seen, and then the loss of Jesus again just a few days before through his ascension. They had just gotten him back from the tomb, and then they lost him again to the heavens. And the reality is that we're all born dead, dried out in our trespasses and sins with no ability to help ourselves. It's as if our flesh and our muscles and our ligaments have completely disappeared and we're left for dead in the valley of dry bones. 
And so Jesus looks out over what's supposed to be the mighty army of the Lord, his glorious new church, and it's just a bunch of dead people. Just a bunch of dead people. But being Jesus, he doesn't complain and he doesn't worry and he doesn't wonder. He simply offers them a solution. He said, go and wait in Jerusalem until I do for you what I did in Ezekiel's vision. Go wait for the promise. Go wait for the wind to blow on those old, dusty, dirty, dry, earthy bones of yours. And when the day of Pentecost came, the Spirit of God came and didn't just hover. He blew in like a hurricane of spiritual refreshing. Listen, I don't know where you might be today. I don't know what circumstance may have dried you to the bone, but there is a wind that still blows. There is a spirit who still moves and who still breathes life into dead things. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ is still alive and well in the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you'll yield your heart to him today, he will refresh you and he will fill you and he will put you back together. You see, the strongest winds of this world, of this earth, are destructive. But the strongest wind of the eternal world will put you back together faster and better and more completely than anything you could ever imagine. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Nothing would thrill me more than two months from now. People look over on this side of the railroad tracks at Covenant Life and say, man, at the end of May, they just drug themselves to the parking lot like a bunch of old dry bones. But when I look over there now, all I can see is a mighty army of God standing strong and, and healthy and unified, full of faith, full of love, full of grace and truth, ready to fight the enemy and rescue the souls that are still dry and still dismembered and still dying without a relationship with God. That's my prayer for us today. You see, no believer can say we can't. No believer can say we don't have the power. No believer can say I don't have the energy because the wind of the Holy Spirit of God blows away all of our excuses. Can we go into the world and be his witnesses? Can we come together in unity? Can we find renewed strength? Can we speak the truth in love into a world that's desperate to hear it? Can these bones live again? And the answer is a resounding yes, we can by the Holy Spirit. So will you say this with me today? Holy Spirit, breathe life back into me. So we see the first two elements of, of Pentecost, earth and wind. And next we have fire. Fire. Fire represents purification. You understand the process of making metals pure. They put the heat to it. It causes the impurities to rise so that they can be removed. They rise to the surface and the, the metallurgist will scrape it off. Fire also represents passion. When you're passionate about something or someone, it's like a fire burning deep inside of yourself. 
And it's always stood out to me that, that the day of Pentecost was not a bonfire experience. It wasn't one big fire that they all sat around. It, it, it was 120 individual flames of fire, one for each of them. One, well, each one ha, of us has our own set of sins and impurities that need to be purified. Each one of us has a unique plan and purpose and passion for our lives. We have passions for different aspects of the ministry. There is a five-fold ministry. We don't all do the same things. There are many different gifts of the Spirit, many different offices to hold. We are one body, but we're not one body part. It takes all of us purified and passionate so if you realize there are things in your life that are not right, if there are sins that you just can't seem to conquer, things that are not pleasing to God, don't run from him, run to him. Surrender, he already knows. You ain't hiding it from him. You're probably not hiding it from anybody but yourself. So run to him, yield yourself to him, surrender yourself to the fire of the Holy Spirit and let him purify you from the inside out. See, the reason we can't change is because we try to change the behaviors, but we don't change the roots and the sources. The Holy Spirit changes you at the source. So surrender to him and let the purification process start. Let him show you what's wrong and give you the strength to make it right. If you realize you're not clear about what God's called you to do or that you've lost your fire, you've lost your passion, then surrender yourself to his spirit. He can set you aflame with passion that burns inside of you a passion for his kingdom and his will to come and be done in you and through you. If you're ready for God to be glorified in your life, would you say this with me? Holy Spirit, set me on fire for God. Would you say that today? Amen. So that's earth, wind, and fire. There's one last element, one last element today, and that's water. Speaking of which, feel free to have some. In the passage we read from John, Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And then John explained in that passage what he means. He said that Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given. What that means is on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given, when he showed up on this earth it, with the sound of wind and tongues of fire, that what he left inside of them was a river of living water. That's how you're going to be a witness He's going to fill you with his spirit. And you're not just going to be filled with enough for you. It's not a glass of water for the thirsty. It's not even a reservoir or a lake. It's a river of living water. Enough for you and enough for everybody else. Just like they tell you on a plane that's lost cabin pressure. God forbid that I ever be there for that one. 
but they tell you on every flight, if the cabin loses pressure, then please grab the oxygen mask and use it for yourself first and then help somebody else. And that's exactly what Jesus was calling for. He said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. But once you've revived yourself, take what's been given to you and give it to everybody else. What's been freely given to you, freely give to others. That's the point. He gives us his spirit to us as water to share, to rejuvenate and revitalize, to make sure that the dry bones stay fresh and new. Those are the elements of Pentecost. And those same elements are available for us today. And all we have to do is surrender ourselves. Surrender ourselves. You say, John, I don't really even know what that means. Like, what what does surrendering myself mean? Here's how I did it this week. I sat down on my porch and I said, Father, I am done. Y'all ever had one of those conversations? Lord, I'm done. I'm tired. My bones are tired. They're they're dry. And I feel like I'm just scattered all over the place. Now, that's that could just be spiritual whining. That could just be whining in the name of Jesus. Except for this next part and this is the surrender part. I just said, "Holy Spirit, will you refresh me with your water?" Will you refresh me? Will you blow new life over these dry bones of mine? Will you reignite the passion in me? Will you take this little lump of earth that you've created and called and will you give me strength and power to do what you created me to do? And I spent a little bit of time with the Lord sitting there waiting. Not hours. So, John, I, I can't spend hours. I didn't spend hours, but I spent some time because the, the word says that those that wait upon the Lord, not those that whine unto the Lord, but those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So if that's what you need this morning, then that's how, that's how it works. That's how it works. There were times that my mama, when she was still alive, would want us to come and eat. And my mama could cook. So we were happy to go and eat what mama was going to fix. But listen, we didn't just run in as at, right at the time she put it on the table and then run out as soon as we were done with our plate. We spent a little time. We spent a little time. She was glad for us to come and renew our strength with the food that she provided, but the time is the time is just as important so don't run into your prayer closet and say here's what i need god and if you could get it to me now that'd be great spend some time with him and quiet quiet the voices that are competing for your attention Quiet the fear that's trying to, to, to keep you in a stronghold. Quiet all the self-reliance that pride tries to build you up in and just wait. See, I think too many times when, you, when we think of Pentecost and, and too many times in the Pentecostal church, we've presented Pentecost as an event. Like it's a, one, a once in a lifetime kind of deal. 
Like you, you come and you check it off. But listen, th- this was not the last time the apostles were filled with the Spirit. This wasn't the last experience they had with the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost, it was an event, but it was an inaugural event. It was the beginning of something, not the end of something. It didn't complete something. It revealed something. Every day of your life is another chance for Pentecost. Every time we pray is another chance for Pentecost, another chance to surrender ourselves. Almost every time I pray, I say this, Father, will you help me today to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh? Or sometimes I just declare that over myself, that today I am choosing to walk in the spirit and not in in the flesh. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him and let him direct my path through the Holy Spirit. Either way you do it as a declaration or as a prayer, you're, you're declaring and choosing your own daily personal Pentecost. So forget about everything that you think you know about Pentecost or about the Holy Spirit. And just know this, Jesus sent him for us. He was a gift. He's a gift from the one who saved our souls and then left us here with a commission to go and save more souls. And what he provided for us was the power and the strength and the passion to do it. And that's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. He is what we need in this hour. He is how we become like Jesus. He is how we're able to carry out the Great Commission. So just declare it and surrender today. More of you, Holy Spirit, and less of me. Empty me of myself and fill me with you. Wash me, call me, equip me. Send me, Lord, because that's what he left us here to do. Earth, wind, fire, water, all elements of Pentecost and all still essential in our lives today. So as you stand with me, please, if you would, we're going to sing one last song together. And I just want to challenge you today. Are you ready to take another step forward, another step deeper, another step in your relationship with the Lord? And if you are, would you just surrender yourself to the spirit today and ask him to empty you of you and fill you up with more of him? Would you do that? Let's pray. Corey's going to sing. We'll be dismissed together in just a minute. But this is a sacred and important moment in your life and in the life of this church because if we're going to do what God's called us to do as believers as as a corporate body then we are going to have to be filled with the spirit let's pray father in the name of Jesus lord we need you Would you help us today and every day to choose to walk in your spirit and not in our flesh, that we would consider everything but loss, everything else but knowing you, everything else but your your crucifixion, the the power of the cross, the, the resurrection power 
of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to lay everything else aside and depend solely and completely on you. Lord, I surrender myself to you and I invite my brothers and sisters to do the same. Lord, I surrender myself. I declare that as for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord, that we will surrender ourselves to you, that your truth will be the truth that we accept, that your truth will be the truth that we declare, the truth that we live by, that we will live by faith and not by sight, that we will listen and we will obey, that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, that every day of our lives, as we take a step, that it'll be a step forward in you, forward in our relationship with you. And God, we pray the prayer of John the Baptist, the cry of his heart. May he increase and may we decrease so that we can have power to be witnesses in Bremen and in Harrelson County and in West Georgia and all over the face of the earth. Wherever we might live, wherever we might dwell, wherever we might go, may we take the fire of Pentecost with us to may the wind of your spirit blow as people have relationships with us. May the rivers of living water flow from us and into them and may they be drawn to you and surrender themselves to you. Now, Lord, I pray your blessing, your blessing over your people today, your blessing over every peaceful protester, over every law enforcement officer and first responder as they carry out their duties. We pray for your protection and for your peace. We pray that your people, that your people would represent you well. We love you, we thank you, we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you for being here today. We are uh, planning to move inside next week. So praise God for that. There are a lot more uh, guidelines that we have to follow, a lot more uh, safety protocols that we'll have to follow. Please be watching the Facebook page this week. Please be watching your email. If you're not on the church email list, please send, uh, send us a text. Let us know a text, a phone call, some way. Get in touch with one of us on staff and we'll put you on the email list. We'll have some things that we'll have to communicate with you about so that everybody knows how and when to show up. Right now we're planning for a 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, but we have to make sure that we don't exceed our capacity to maintain distance. So uh, we're going to be determining all that this week and communicating that with you. We may even have to ask you to register. So it's not that we're not people of faith. We're just trying to navigate these choppy waters. We appreciate your patience and your understanding. Um, if we have to go to three services, something like that, we'll communicate all of that. Okay. But you have been incredible, incredible. So thank you for that. And I look forward to seeing us in the house next week. All right. God bless you. Air, air hug and air high five everybody on the way out. And we'll see you next week. 
We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.